Cheers, babe. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Give me this lake sack. Wait, smell it first. It smells like coffee. Mmm. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Untitled Van Life Project, the podcast. This is an episode, and we've been calling this our Van Life series. So, in that, it is me, Amy, and Van Life Stories. Oh, Van Life Stories. Right. Where we tell stories of the van life. I think, yeah, Van Life Stories. I said series. This series is called Van Life Stories. Yes. Where you get to hear from me and Caleb about van life. About how we've been living in a van for almost a full year. We're getting close. Full time. Isn't we're, that crazy? We're close to our 11-month anniversary. We we tend to do this. Like, when we get close to, like, year anniversaries, we just go ahead and, like, jump that year. Like, we do this with our dogs all the time. Like, as soon as one of our dogs is, like, less than six months away from turning <laughs> a new year, we just automatically start saying... Oh, we, they're basically 10. Yeah, we round up. We've yeah. been calling Jet 10 since like... Since 20, he was nine and a half. Since 2020, yeah. <laughs> and, well, you know, the only thing we didn't do that with is when both of us were turning 30. Because I was very adamant about not <laughs> taking away the 29th year. I think it's a big... It's kind of like a pet peeve of mine that when you turn 29, everyone's like, Oh, you're 30 already. And it's like, no, you're not. You still have one full year of being 29. 29 just gets forgotten about. It's like you're basically 30. This has been a rant I have heard you go on, like, multiple times. Yes, because I dealt with it when I turned 29, and then you just had your whole 29th uh, year go by, and you just turned 30. <laughs> okay, I turned 30. That's yes, and I heard people it. tell you, they're like, oh, yeah, they or you would even be like, yeah, our age, people our age. I'm like, Amy, you are not 30. That <laughs> okay, is very that's different. different. You are 29. <laughs> Do not put that on yourself. Do not take away that one year. I would say when I was lumping myself into our age, I wasn't taking away that last year. I was just saying within our, like, within our range, you know. Within our range. Yeah. Well, like I see that two, very Two to three years, whatever. Well, I guess someone who's eternal would group all of humanity in our range. <laughs> Anyways, we are almost at one year, but we're not, th- we still have about one month left of our first year. So we're going to live that one month up, right? Exactly. We have not, don't call it a year yet. Who knows? <laughs> but get Who ready. Knows what's going to happen. We've got big things planned for a one year anniversary do podcast. We? Yeah, we do. We do. We've okay. talked about this. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, does it deal with tequila? It is possible. So we've got big things planned for that and just, you know, to kind of recap, I guess, on our other podcast series, we also have started releasing more of our campfire chat series. We have a few more of those to come Mm -hmm. out as well. And those are series where we sit down with our friends or people we, I mean, maybe people we just met, who knows that might happen. But we sit down with... Hopefully by the end of all the podcasts of Campfire Chats, we will be friends. Yes. If we didn't start friends necessarily because of how, you know, we didn't know each other very long. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by the end, we will be friends. Basically, those are just an opportunity for us to sit down with friends like we would. Maybe sometimes we actually are around a campfire. Maybe we aren't. But sit down like we would around a campfire and just talk life. Just be... Have fun, be real, be vulnerable, laugh, talk about things going on in our life or things that have got us to this point in our life. That's our Campfire Chat series so that you can you have the opportunity to hear from people who are not us. <laughs> who are not us. Yeah, it's basically just bringing a guest uh, to help out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have another series called Midday Ramblings with Q that we kind of took a little... I feel like it's been probably like a month or so since we released an episode there, but we've been working on some new ones there. And those are episodes we do with our friend Cusick, Alex Cusick. And we basically ramble about whatever we want. (laughs) Basically, we kind of just pick a subject and then we'll just ramble about it. So if you just like kind of long form conversational podcast about random subjects, well, maybe that is the show for you. That one has no box. That has no boxes, no umbrella. We can literally ramble and talk about anything. It's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Definitely check it out. And yes, that's... Oh, we have one more series. Wow. Untitled Reads. <laughs> we did start a series where now we do uh, maybe like once a month where Amy and I are since we've been since we read a lot our van has a built-in bookshelf thank mm-hmm. you Travi Wild so books have always been a big thing a big thing 
We've been picking out one book that we've read together, and then we've kind of done like a little, uh, I wouldn't call it a review, but just like a breakdown of the book, give our thoughts, give our, mm-hmm. our you know, it's just like a things book club. that stood out to us, things we like about it, things that we're taking away from the book, things like that. So that that is another series too. So we have four different kinds of podcast episodes <laughs> that we yes. put out. Um, we kind of cycle through the campfire chats. The Van Life Stories, which is this, and the Untitled Reads. We try to cycle through those like every Monday. Try mm-hmm. to put one of those out every Monday. Um, and then the Midday Ramblings with Q, I try to put out. We try to put out on Thursdays. So, <coughs> bless you. All right, had to sneeze. <laughs> but this is the Van Life Stories, as you said. Yes. And we are in my favorite spot in Colorado, Montrose. <laughs> Woo! Can you taste the sarcasm dripping off my coffee mug? We are in Montrose. It is morning. This is a very... You're catching us early in the morning. We literally just woke up and made coffee and turned on the mic, so... Yeah, I'm drinking coffee now. Typically, we've been drinking other other, other, other beverages here, but we're drinking coffee this morning. Oh, you're on the podcast. I thought you were in the morning. No, no, no. I was like, ah... Not in the morning, Ames. That's silly. (laughs) (laughs) That's silly, Ames. Only coffee in the morning. And look at you drinking coffee. I know. Okay, I think we're over. I think I'm... We're past it still just shocks coffee. me every time I see you drinking coffee, especially when you drink it every morning. It's yeah. I don't do it every morning. I do it. I like to. I've noticed. I do it when we're settled. So like when we're somewhere and like we have time to wake up and drink and enjoy a cup of coffee. That's when I do it. But if we're like traveling and we're just waking up, getting the van ready and heading out, I'm probably yeah. gonna have some. Which that almost hurts me anymore because it means we've been settled in Montrose for <laughs> a few days, which is exactly where we've been. But it's exactly what we needed. Montrose? No, just being settled. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Montrose happened to be the place that provided that, so yes, maybe a and Montrose bit. does have happen to be a good settlement spot, <laughs> but uh, it's not the most adventurous, but that's okay. But let's see, la- the last van life stories episode, we were in Moab. We were in Moab, and we have since left Moab, gone to whole other states done a lot there and then come up to Colorado. Not a new state though. We're no. still traversing the same three states we always have been. Colorado, <laughs> Utah, and Arizona. It just seems we cannot get out of that path. Well, I mean, you're right. And it's funny whenever I talk to people or if people ask, you know, like, where all have you been? Like, what have you been? Yeah. And I'm like, well, we pretty much have been Colorado, Utah, Arizona. Yes. Like, right, that's really been it. We have driven through New Mexico and like stayed overnights there. We so. drove through New Mexico on our way to Montrose. Yes. We crossed into the corner. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. we did. We crossed the very corner. We spent of New a Mexico. couple nights in Nevada. We spent a couple nights in California. A couple nights in Texas. Oh yeah, I forget about Don't that. Don't forget that. But Don't forget Texas. Pretty much, like when I feel like the places we've really, really visited, it's been Colorado, mm-hmm. Utah, and Arizona. Is that kind of what you thought going into? Like, I mean. I'm not going to make this like our year episode, but in the last like 11 months, like, is that what you kind of thought for the first 11 months? It'd be like those hmm. three states mostly, or did you think we would be traveling a lot or like seeing a lot in more new places? No, I don't think I thought that. I guess I think I thought we'd spend more time in Colorado than we have. But oh, also, I mean, if you look back on it, you know, the first few, well, our first like, entrance into van life was all in Colorado during the summer which is like perfect it's like almost entering into heaven so we Mm -hmm. kind of got started off on the right foot and Mm -hmm. then once the winter started hitting we were like oh wow yeah Colorado is not really available for this kind of lifestyle anymore we need to find somewhere else to go and everyone was always asking us like what are you guys going to do for the winter and I remember at that time we're always like I think we're going to go to Arizona well we knew we had to be in Arizona at the beginning of... It kind of yeah. worked out because the beginning of November, we had something planned we had to be at that was mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Right. So it was like, we have to be there then. Maybe we'll just stay. We'll just stay because it's warm. And so that's what we did. But now, looking back on the last 11 months, it's like we spent the majority of the 11 months in Arizona. And yeah. then uh, with only some stop-throughs, and we've spent you know a few long periods of time in Moab, Utah. Mm-hmm. And then most of the other time has been in Colorado, but the chunk has been either in Sedona or Tucson, outside mm-hmm. of Tucson. So a lot of Arizona time. So Yeah. I mean, definitely um, the winter has, it felt like it has lasted a lot longer than um, 
than I than normal or than spring is still pretty volatile living in the volatile. van. Volatile. It's just like you know, you can't. It's hard to live in the spot where one day is kind of nice and then you'll have a few days of not nice weather still. We want nice weather all the time. Is that too much to ask for? I want sunny and 70 and then like, you know, in the 50s at, at night. 50s, yeah. 50s at night and just beautiful weather, not strong winds. And, and pretty much everywhere right now in the spring, you can still have days where it's too windy or too stormy or could get kind of chilly at night in Colorado. Could snow I was still. Say, Colorado, it's still Could still freaking yeah. snow here. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it really makes you, it just makes you way more hyper aware, I think, of all the weather changes and just of the weather because, like, when we lived in a house in Denver in spring, um, like, if there were, like, two or three nice days a week, it, it felt like a really nice and good week. Yeah, it did. Even if there wasn't, or even if there was, like, it stormed every single day, there was probably, like, a little window where, like, we could go sit outside and, like, do yoga in the mm-hmm. sun and take the dogs out. And that was enough. And that was enough. And then I would, like, remember that day of being like, oh, yeah, it was a great day today. I <laughs> went outside for an hour. Yeah. Well, now it's like, I'm like, I judge it by, oh, I've been inside for six hours, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't sleeping. It's because yeah. we've been trapped inside by wind or weather. It's just, it's interesting. You just have to be very hyper aware, or we just are very hyper aware of, like, every little subtle weather change and... Um, temperature degree drop <laughs> and wind shift yes and, yes and yeah cloud pattern mm-hmm. we should become a uh, weather men after this do you think you could do that i mean i think my thesis would be like you can't predict it yeah you can't that predict would be it, but <laughs> honestly i feel like uh, especially the week we spent in moab when we did the last podcast i always thought that those predictions were pretty accurate like when i would say wind in the afternoon and even then our next week in sedona there was a few days where it said like wind there was a wind emoji for the afternoon and sure enough it would get super windy during those times yeah. i'm like how can you predict the wind I, I don't guess, know enough about weather to yeah, know we this science. Don't. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's obviously a way. don't know that. But, I'm sure there's you know, a way. I know they're studying the weather patterns and stuff, but still, it's weird being they're like, okay, wind is going to start at 11 a.m. and not end until 6 p.m. And yeah, it's it gets extremely gusty. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 15 to 20 mile an hour winds range. I'm sometimes. trying to think if anything is like broken or like blown over and like like has the wind damaged anything? Do we have any wind damage? No. I don't think we do. We don't really have a whole lot to wind damage. We only have two camping chairs and then like a... A bike. A bike, which that's not going to blow over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's 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 just kind of backtrack. So backtrack. We were in... Track back. We were in Moab. Backtrack. <laughs> Actually, no, wow. I'm just now remembering the last podcast we recorded was not in Moab. We had just left Moab and we were on the water. Uh, recapture... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, on the water. <laughs> on yeah. the water. Not going to say that spot, <laughs> but that's where we were. Yes, yeah. We were on the water. So we were heading down to Sedona. Again. Yeah. Sedona again. Yeah, but we had a, a like really, really cool and good reason to be there. Yes, this was going to be a Sedona trip unlike any other. And it was. We were meeting um, my best friend since kindergarten was getting married out there, mm-hmm. even though he's not from Sedona. Mm-hmm. And so they had like a week full of activities of their closest family and friends um, planned. And so we were going down there to hang out for that. Well, it was cool too, because we obviously, we so most people were flying in from Nashville, but we got down there like a few days before everyone else is getting there. And Cusick came out and met us. Cusick. As Cusick. in, if you know that name, the, check out the Midday Ramblings with Q, as in Cusick. Our friend Cusick um, decided to fly out a couple days before all of the events were happening to hang out with us in Sedona. And so that was really cool um, just to have him out here because I know, I don't know, we, we hadn't seen him. Well, I guess I had, but you hadn't seen him since we moved in the van. I hadn't seen him since, what we say, 2019. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. So over a year, but it was kind of his, I mean, we've been doing this podcast with him since we got into the van. So I felt he's been very kind of connected to our route in our, Oh yeah. I mean, we keep in touch because we're always FaceTiming to podcast, but yes, but he had never like come out here and experienced it. Yeah. Which so he got to. it was really, really cool to like have him come out. And it's always, I don't know. It's always fun to have people come out and meet us and just like, it just kind of feels like. 
like van life is already really freeing but then when you have someone come out and visit you it almost feels like the doors are even just bursted even more wide open because it's like oh my gosh this person is here like that's insane it's already we've already been like defying all the odds because this person is out here now we can do anything <laughs> yeah now it's like what do you want to do today we can go wherever we can see whatever we or can we can do stay whatever, or in... we can just chill here we pretty much yeah we we chilled with music we got we recorded a podcast in person that was yeah, our first did. in-person mm-hmm. podcast with cusick and mm-hmm. it's not a midday ramblings no. it is a campfire chat with the one and only cusack be on the lookout for that be on the lookout it's exciting because he's right here in the van doing it so <laughs> he's getting a, a full frontal experience of the van wow <laughs> full frontal of the van oh my god but it was fun having him come out and then a couple of days later the rest of the rest of the friends and family slowly started to kind of trickle in over the next few days. Mm -hmm. They basically had a whole like weekend elopement planned. So they weren't getting married until a Monday, but they came out on Thursday. And then over the next couple of days, other people started coming in and we just did hikes and we explored Sedona and we went up to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And we just, they basically had planned. Yeah. This whole just adventure weekend before their wedding on Monday. Um, and it was so, so cool. So fun. It felt, I don't know. It was really cool having, just seeing old friends. Yeah. Seeing old friends in a new setting in like a new life. I mean, we've all <laughs> kind of like started new lives and new journeys and moved around and are on different paths, but mm-hmm. we can all reconvene for a week. And, uh, it feels like we never even left <laughs> I mean it's like like it's interesting because it's yeah we're all you know doing different things and like life looks different for everyone and that's I mean that's just true for anyone post 2020 but it is cool to be able to come back together and bring like these new parts of our lives or new parts of ourselves that we've learned and discovered together and still feel that like deep foundation still there mm-hmm. and like it never even left no it's it's never even it like was never cracked at all. it was never cracked it just like you picked up immediately wherever you left off and there wasn't even the moment where you left off almost <laughs> yeah which was it was very cool it was a great man so, i mean it was a really really special weekend and we both have been kind of i feel like recovering from it since yeah it's almost <laughs> been like a, a hangover not because of alcohol mm-hmm. i mean that wasn't not a reason <laughs> but overall a, hung, a hungover, I mean, it's been like a a hangover two or for three days yeah. two or three day just physical emotional yeah hangover <laughs> <laughs> physical emotional hangover and maybe i'm finally starting to come around montrose is bringing me back to life montrose is healing you <laughs> yes it's healing me so what did van life look for us in the midst of I feel like this was kind of a unique week for it us was. because all of our friends were staying at various Airbnbs yes. and rentals around Sedona. Yes. So it left us the choice of like, well, we know a spot like 20 minutes outside the mm-hmm. city of Sedona where we can go camp, where we camped with Cusick mm-hmm. and where we camped with Justin actually when he came out in mm-hmm. November. Um, or we could try and find a way to stay around our peeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our options were staying on that uh, like forest road, you know. Uh-huh. outside of Sedona or renting an Airbnb like, like us renting an Airbnb was an mm. option obviously or it's like when we have our whole house with I know, us that we already hard. live in it's really hard to rent an Airbnb well it's not hard if like we're doing it because we've talked about this on the podcast doing that intentionally for us yes. to like get more space or to just um just spread out but this wasn't that type of scenario yeah. um Yes, that didn't seem... We both, I feel like, kind of ruled that out fast because we knew, yeah, we were just going to be hanging out with friends all the time and going, doing this, this, and that. Yeah, we weren't going to be using the Airbnb for Airbnb Airbnb purposes. We were using it to sleep, which we already have a vessel to sleep. Um, So that week for us, what it looked like... I feel like originally we had thought, well, maybe we'll just stay off of that Forest Service Road and just commute, you know, to everything from there. And then as we got closer to it, we we're kind of like, oh, I really don't want to do that. Like, it's just going to be annoying. And we know we're going to be hanging out with everyone till probably late. Yeah. I don't want to be driving back constantly, you know, around midnight to this spot. We didn't spot. want to have to, like, leave hanging out people to be like, well, we got to go drive yeah. to our house and park and, like, set up the vans. And stuff, set up so. and unset. Like, it just, it sounded exhausting thinking about it. So what that week looked like for us is we basically just stayed in the driveway 
of the Airbnb that all of our friends are staying at. Uh-huh. So that way we could just hang out until we were tired and wanted to go to sleep. And then we just walk out to the van and we go to sleep. <laughs> it's pretty convenient. It was very convenient. Um, not every Airbnb house, I would say, is like adequate, adequately prepared for that. But, no, because um, you need a big enough driveway. You do. There were actually the first night we did not park in the driveway of the uh-huh. Airbnb they were at because it, there was no street parking allowed. It was mm-hmm. kind of in a little subdominium community mm-hmm. and uh, the driveway wasn't that big. And so that felt like an option where it's like, okay, yeah, we'll go drive out and Stay on 525 or uh, mm-hmm. stay on the four strip. Mm-hmm. I'm getting bad at that. <laughs> and, uh, but then the next night when they switched, there was a huge driveway and it felt a lot more accessible. Yes. So we definitely didn't want to be like, you know, testing the limits of, oh, yeah. Cause I mean, technically, you're not, some cities don't allow you to sleep in your car on the streets. Not on the street. Yeah. But I guess if we're in a driveway, driveway, we're in a private residence. Yes. We're in a private residence on, in a private residence. The one that we paid for. Right. Well, I guess someone has paid someone for paid. it yes. <laughs> that we that we are connected to. <laughs> yes, but that is how the end of the week worked out, which was extremely convenient. Oh, it was so nice. So then, of course, any hikes or anywhere else we went, like to the Grand Canyon or trailheads, we just obviously took the van. Like that, the van was our quote unquote rental car. That's yeah. what got us around town. Um, another little twist, I guess, we had to work out was the dogs because. The Airbnb that um, all of our friends were staying at, and we were staying in the driveway, or sleeping in the driveway at least, um, it did not allow dogs at all. Not even, like, in the yard or anything. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of another twist to have to work out, because we couldn't... Yeah, the dogs weren't able to go into the house. And so, we were kind of curious as to how they would do. I mean, they are very comfortable being left in the van. Like they definitely at this point know this is their house and like they feel comfortable in here. Um, they don't mind being left in here, but I think this week, this past week really cemented that in my mind because they were great. They were great, but you still don't know because like they could, I mean, they don't like missing. They definitely have FOMO. So they don't like missing out on things. So like if they hear us outside talking and having fun and like they aren't able to come, like they're going to be barking. Usually they would be barking yes. or just because, not because they're uncomfortable, but just because they're like, oh, my parents are out there. I want to be out there with them. FOMO. Dog FOMO. It's yeah. a real thing. Domo. Don't. Defomo. Dog fear of Defomo. There it is. Dog fear of missing out. But they were great. And uh, I also think it's because we took intentional, we tried to find windows of opportunity every day to take them to get some physical exercise outside to wear them out and make them very satisfied. Yes, we did a, we were very aware and intentional of making sure that they at least went on one walk a day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was more than one. Um, we also played a lot of Frisbee with them. Like there was a local park nearby that we would take them to like, cause there were like, you know, there were some like afternoon windows with nothing planned. So when those happened and everyone else was resting, we would go take our dogs to the nearby park and like yeah. throw Frisbee for them, throw ball for them. Mm-hmm. There was a trailhead like attached to like literally in the neighborhood that we were staying at. Oh, so I thought I... you were about to bring up the lollipop trail. Oh no. <laughs> Which... The park, the park that we went to had this trail called the lollipop trail. And we were like, oh yeah, let's do that. And it was like one tenth of a mile. It was literally just like a loop. It was like a walk from the parking lot to this park <laughs> was pretty much it. And that was, that was the, the lollipop, lollipop trail. trail. <laughs> but it actually had a sign. It's like lollipop trail, yes. tenth of a mile. And there was like a few benches on it. And then we hit the street. And I'm like, was that it? Is that the That's trail? It. That's the trail? No, the neighborhood that we were staying in, there was a trail like, right down the street. And so I took them there one time. They were exhausted. They got a lot of extra, like, I think they almost got more than they normally do because we were so wanting to make sure that they weren't getting FOMO. I think they did. (laughs) And I think that really helped because yeah, at night there would just be people, you know, walking in and out and parking in the driveway and talking outside of them. And they, I don't remember them parking once. They were great. They were so good. But that was another thing we were, you know, wondering. It's like, if they were barking 24 seven, mm-hmm. we had talked about how we would have to like probably, um, switch out on mm-hmm. activities or something or like someone would probably have to stay in the van while maybe the other person is in the Airbnb mm-hmm. hanging out. If like the dogs wouldn't shut up because <laughs> we don't want to get a noise complaint. 
And that is very, that's very much a possibility with them. So it worked out really well and they were great and cheers to them. Um, Honestly. Thank you, Jet and Kona. We should have them on for a campfire chat <laughs> and just ask them what they think about it. Because okay. everyone's always asking how they like van life and it's like, well, how did they like the last Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, that was, so that was like a, I guess this all started on like a Thursday evening, but it basically was like a Friday through Monday. So it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was four days. And... I mean, they did great. They got a lot of activity. They also did get a lot of downtime mm-hmm. in the van by themselves. But maybe they need that, too. You know how we talk about we need, like, alone time or, like, time away? Maybe they need time away from us, and maybe that was good for hmm. them. If they want time away from us, I don't think they know it or would say it ever. <laughs> they don't act like that. You know, when I even crack my eyes open in the morning, Kona's right there being like, Hey, good morning. What's up? Like, I missed you. So, uh, I don't know about that. Another thing we had to balance during this whole week of hanging out with people and being various spots is we had some issues with the van. Yeah, we did. Of which course is we just, did. I mean, another, yeah, of course I we think... did. The week that we're supposed to hang, have stuff planned with friends who are in town from Nashville, we're having issues with the van. I think that Justin is cursed because when <laughs> Whoa, Justin... Justin, sorry, bro. Justin, I love this. you so much, and it's the only reason I can be honest about it. I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> When Justin came and visited us in November, we had a van issue. Yep, and in now, Sedona. In Sedona. And now, Justin decides to, like, get eloped to elope in Sedona, and he comes out, and we have van issues. But this time, they were mechanical. When he came out in November, it was something with the door not closing. Yeah. But, yes, we did have... I mean, is there ever a good time? I feel like... <laughs> I feel like every Before time... something to go wrong with the van. Something happens with the van, I'm like, oh, man, like... They couldn't have happened at a worse time. Yeah. And then, like, it happens another time. And I'm like, oh, no, this this is it. Like, this is this the worst. This is the worst time. I, I mean, there's never a good time for it to happen. There are, like, worse times for it to happen. But it is just something when it started happening, it's like, all right, we need to find a way to deal with this amidst all the other schedule going on. Because on Tuesday... We're going to have to drive back up to Colorado. We like have we to. Need, yeah. We have to drive back up to Colorado. We have to be... We had a, we have a job today. today in Montrose. <laughs> yes. So we had to be in Montrose today. Spoiler spoiler alert, if you couldn't tell, we made it to Montrose. <laughs> yes. Um, thanks to the good people of Mike's alignment mm-hmm. and tire... Services? Uh, services? I don't know. <laughs> Sedona. Go check them out. They yeah. helped us about two days in a row. They, they took in the van mm-hmm. on a whim when other people... Um, told us like they couldn't look at it till like next week or Mm -hmm. something i'm like well i have to be in montrose next week Mm -hmm. and twice they took it in two days in a row looked at it for different it was it was a weird issue it was different things were happening to it and they couldn't really figure out why and then we found out it was something that was it was like an electrical yeah issue that was like causing different parts of the engine to kind of ping uh codes and not yeah. Perform adequately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cars the first are weird, time... man. And this van is the weirdest car ever. Everyone, when they open the engine, they're like, oh, this thing is weird. It's like a puzzle to all of them. Well, the first time we took it in, we were there for like two and a half hours and we were getting this, we were getting a code, like our check engine was, light was on. We were getting a code that we've actually gotten before. Yes. We so thought we knew what it was. I felt very educated because I was like, this has happened to us before. And last time, this is what they had to do. Like I knew. Yes. And, exactly. and we went in telling the guy, I was like, I and think it was I the know same what symptoms. it is. Yeah, same symptoms. We were getting the same symptoms. And he was like, okay. So we checked all that out, all those things we told him and nothing was you know, he checked all the hoses because that was something with one of our turbo hoses and they all looked fine, but he cleaned them. He mm. spent like two and a half hours basically trying to figure out what was wrong. And he was like, honestly, everything looks fine. He was like, I don't really know what's happening. And he yeah. reset, I guess he, he reset some, the code. Like, big guesses as to why the, why we were having the issues we were having, but yeah, couldn't really do anything for us anymore. Yeah. So he... Reset the code and just kind of sent us on our way. And we just kind of crossed our fingers and hoped it everything would be... Maybe him cleaning all the hoses was it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we was when we drove to the Grand Canyon with everyone. And it started actually doing something different than what it was doing earlier. It was, like, worse. It, it was worse. Worse. Um, basically, what it was doing the first time, which this has happened to us before, he was having... Santiago was having trouble accelerating... Um, like anytime we were going uphill, all you car mechanic nerds, get your pins out. <laughs> anytime we would go uphill, he just 
would have trouble accelerating. Like, you could watch. Caleb would be pressing on the gas, and you could just watch, like, the spit speedometer start going down, down, down. So we'd the have spit to... speedometer. We'd have to pull over, turn them off, and then turn them back on, and... What a good fix. You know, even on cars, all you gotta do is turn them off, turn them back on. Sometimes they'll work perfectly. And it worked. It would work until that would happen again, and sometimes that would happen every five miles. Sometimes it happened every 30. Like, it was... Yeah. It was... There was no pattern so that was the first thing we went in for that he couldn't figure out why it was doing that but he cleaned all the hoses then when we drove up to the grand canyon yes it was worse you were driving and all of a sudden all the lights would just flash on and the van would go into Mm -hmm. idle mode Mm -hmm. so what what exactly happened when it went into idle mode like could what could you not do you can't really drive it like, could you like accelerate? Could you brake? Could you I turn? I think you can go, like, the minimum speed possible, but um, I would still just pull off immediately and reset it, turn it off, and turn it back on. <laughs> and uh, and it worked fine. Once and it started then... doing that, we're like, okay, we got to take it in immediately. Yes. Again, even though he just looked at it, and, uh, yeah, they did. And he, I think he figured it out the second time. Yeah. Came to the conclusion, because it wasn't even saying it was having the problems it was like two days before yeah it was saying it was a whole different problems which led him to check like the main fuse box and the relays to the to the engine and that's where he found the issue yeah some bad relays and some loose fuses um dirty and loose fuses in like the main engine fuse box that was like causing all these electrical issues causing us not to get the max voltage when we're trying to accelerate uphill Mm -hmm. causing the engine to kind of just like go into idle mode which is a safety precaution yeah it's a a safety Mm -hmm. precaution because it's like not getting the voltage it needs to like run the engine so Mm -hmm. it just shuts it off so Mm -hmm. um i mean we've always i mean we had some moments i still feel like this week where when we're talking about it's it sucks when stuff like that happens because i feel like both me and you like we don't want to address it but we like (laughs) you're so right but like because like it happens and it's like uh, it's Thursday. It's like we're gonna we're supposed to go play video games with friends and then go on a hike and then like hang friends, out. Like friends, I mean, and this is what like friends that we have not seen in so like I could cry about this. Like <laughs> friends we haven't seen in so long, and it's just like we've been looking forward to this weekend for so long and mm-hmm. just spending time with these people and then like just kind of I I think just like taking a break from all some of the things in van life we don't yeah. love thinking about and which one of them is van maintenance. And then all of a sudden that's just like in your face. And it's, well, you even do hope like going into this week, it's like, okay, we have four days. We're basically just going to be in Sedona. Like mm-hmm. we don't even have to think about the van as a van. In no, terms of, it can literally just provide us a bed and, and transportation. Kind of transportation. Yeah. And then within one day, it's like, Oh crap. No, we got to think about the big picture of like, <laughs> Oh, we know we need to get this van issue fixed right away and figure out the heart of it because we're going to be traveling to Montrose. Mm-hmm. And once we get back to Colorado, then we have to be in, we have to be here next. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this little, window where if we don't get it fixed in this window we're going to be traveling a lot again and it's, it's like it's you start you do start thinking big picture it's like oh my gosh at the end of we need everything fixed by the end of june because <laughs> at the end of june we're traveling a lot yeah and we're not gonna have time for this shit and we need to like get it figured out now and like get the van in the best condition but possible. now is when all of our friends are in town <laughs> that i haven't seen in a year and a half so and yeah there, i mean when that happens i feel like yeah, both me and you are just kind of like we don't want to we know about it. we have to deal with it and we know we just gotta like i think you said this to someone last week and i hadn't I, I remember something we talked about early on in van life but you said sometimes van life just means that you gotta just be willing to ask for help yeah someone other than ourselves, needs to help us <laughs> get back on the road. Yeah. And so the morning after, it was like literally like shutting off on me after the Grand Canyon. Though we made it to the Grand Canyon, biked around the Grand Canyon, and made it back to the Grand, made it back to Sedona. We did. So we did all of that. Um, it was like, we need to get this fixed right away. And so I just had to start calling people. And I got turned down a few times, but finally found a guy who would be like, yeah, well. Well, we went back to the same place. We went back to the same place. I guess mm-hmm. it was the first time when I started calling around and got. Yeah. Got a few no's or a few like, yeah, maybe in like two weeks you can well, bring it in. I feel like we were able to get back to that same place because we called and we're like, hey, we had our van in there yesterday and y'all couldn't figure out what was going on. But literally now it's doing this, which is something totally new. But this is after y'all had, you and know, looked worse. at it. Yeah. So can you please look at it again? Like, I mean, they were, they were, they were great. Like they it were very yeah. kind and nice to take us in twice last minute and yeah, literally the do morning, everything the they morning could. I called, they're like looking at it. What? Yeah. Rarely can you find, yeah. um, since we've been on the road, a, a spot, a mechanic that will do that for you. Yeah. So if you can find one, 
take it. <laughs> well, I felt, I remember after we took it into them the first time and they could, like, we were there for two and a half hours and they really didn't, couldn't give us any answers. Yeah, we felt really defeated after we that. Because felt... now it's like, okay, now we have no answers and we still want to do all this stuff, like this fun stuff with mm-hmm. our friends. But now we're feeling like the sinking feeling in the bottom of our stomach. Of like, like, even once... when I'm playing video games tonight, I'm just going to have that on the back of my mind of like, we got to get this figured out by Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and well, we have all this stuff planned in between now and Tuesday to try and... You well, know. they kind of left us with, I'm sorry, we can't... We've done everything we can. We can't figure it out. You're going to have to take it to the dealership. Which I now, anytime I hear those words... I'm going to just collapse internally yeah. because that See means a few things. the podcast episode where we were homeless in Denver. Yes, that means a few things. It means that we have no... I mean, you never have control over how long someone's going to have your car to mm-hmm. fix it. But anytime we have gone to a small local mechanic shop, and we've had great experiences in Sedona and in BB, Buena Vista, anytime we've taken them there, um, like I said, you don't have control over how long it's going to take, but... They're, they just, I don't know, they're a little better about getting to your vehicle, finishing it, and getting it back to you. Yeah. I don't know, they're a little more, I don't know, the word, maybe like, their well, time, like their personal time frames. Yes, it's a personal like, service. So their time frames are just better, are a little more accurate to work with, I guess. Maybe. It's just dealerships. It kind of feels like you're just dropping something off to be put on an assembly line to be fixed whenever it gets to it. Whenever like, they get to it, you yeah. Just, you just drop it off to someone who's not the mechanic, uh-huh. and then he passes it off to someone who's not the mechanic. And then eventually, three <laughs> days later, mechanic. it gets to the mechanic yeah. for him to check out the issue that you already told him exactly mm-hmm. what the issue was. And then... Whereas um, a lot of these smaller local spots literally... I mean, this isn't always the case, but most of the time we'll drive it up and we'll say, hey, we're getting this engine code or this is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And literally right there in the parking lot, they'll open up the hood and you're talking to the mechanic. Yeah. And he's like open showing you hood. what he's checking mm-hmm. and how this relates to that. And, you know, we've been trying to learn a lot. Um, I think my knowledge on car engines has increased like 500 <laughs> percent. But now it's kind of like the more you know, the more you know, you don't. No. No. Yes. Does that make sense? The more now, like now I know there's so much more I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't been helpful learning what I know <laughs> because it's almost made it worse. Because I'm like, is that all related to what I do know about this issue? And they're like, nope, completely totally different. I'm like, dang it. But yes, yeah, so there's two things with dealerships. It's the time and yeah, just like the kind of the distance between you and the person working on yeah. the van. As opposed to a smaller place, like literally you are talking to the person who's looking at your van and you're probably looking at it with them. And then the dealership just texts you what they think the issues are. And you're like, check off what you want us to fix. They're hard to communicate. There's no information here. Well, they're hard to communicate with too, because yeah, it's like they'll, they will finally get a report back to you. And then you try to call your, um, not even the mechanic. You're just trying to call your like customer service person. Customer service rep for your mechanic. Once you get in touch with them and you have all the questions, they're like, okay, well, let me ask the mechanic and then I'll call you back. Yes. Yes. Like hang up and then go ask the mechanic when he has time and then call you back when he has time answers. Asterisk. When he he finds the time. So yeah, the time thing is hard with dealerships and then also they are great. They're so expensive. Um, So that's just another thing. So yeah, don't go to a dealership unless you have to. So anyways, we just. I, and if you're a dealership listening to this, uh, sponsor us. We love you. I'm just kidding. I'm I not going to sell out for them. I felt very defeated when that was their diagnosis the first time. They were like, "We can't figure it out. You're going to have to take it to a dealership." That was the most defeating. Anytime we hear like, "Oh, this ha- this is probably only an issue that a dealership can deal with," being like a Mercedes dealership, especially when we're in Sedona, which I actually didn't know at the time he said that, but I thought the only dealerships were in Phoenix, Salt Lake City, or Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found out there was there is one in Flagstaff. That so that's like less use. than an hour so away. So less than but... an hour from Sedona. But most of the time, like if we're in Moab and we had an issue, which mm-hmm. we've had before, like the mechanical issue with the lights, the mm-hmm. blinkers, and we're like, well, if this is a dealership issue, we either have to take it to Phoenix, to Salt Lake City, or to Denver, which yeah. is not anywhere close. Yeah. And yeah. so it's that's just another cog in the wheel that we got to figure out of like that's a new route now we have to like travel out of our way to get specific maintenance done on that we don't know how long it's gonna take because they won't really tell us yeah (laughs) and they won't just work on it before our eyes yeah yeah but look i mean looking back now i guess that ride that drive to and from the grand canyon where it was the lights were flashing and then it would shut off and go into idle mode um, I guess that was kind of, I'm kind of glad that happened because I feel like that triggered when we took it back to the, the place in Sedona after that issue, that triggered something to where he could figure out mm-hmm. 
an issue. Like he was able to be like, oh, that's happening. I bet it's this. So he checked the fuse box and mm -hmm. there you Found go. The issue. That yeah, was it. So it. hopefully we don't have to take it to a dealership. I mean, hopefully, but also we've taken it to dealerships and we've figured it out and we've taken it to, and we've had other issues so with it this... and taken it to mechanics and figured it out. And like, does that ever give you more confidence for like when things go wrong where you're like, you, you know what? Now. Yeah, now, especially 11 months in, and we're yeah. still living out of this thing, having dealt with, especially the first month I remember being in it, uh, we just had so many issues, which actually, driving down from Moab, no, was it, to Moab, to Sedona, we started listening back to our podcast. Yes. Yeah. We have become listeners, what, six and seven? Yes, yeah, after Elon said? Musk. After he's Elon number five, Musk. yeah. And so I'm kind of, I'm very interested to, to listen back and kind of hear us talk about these car issues mm -hmm. from the very first few months when we had no idea what the van was you well, know, capable had, of and what the life was going to entail. We had no idea, like, we had no concept of things like that happening and how to take care of them and how to handle them. And still sometimes I feel that way. Like I said, this weekend yeah. with our friends, I was like, I... I was like, oh, like, how do I, how do we do this on a weekend where all of our friends are out here mm. and knowing that right after this is done, we have, we have to like, you know, drive yeah. a thousand miles there's like, there's kind for of like a, a job. A deadline to figure out what's going on because yes. we do part of, yeah, part of the, our job and life living in the van is traveling long distances between a few different states, Yeah, which we needed to do. And I don't want to not be able to hang out with my friends the whole Like, I don't want to be not able to hang out with my friends the whole time there. So how do we balance all those things? Like, we're juggling friends that we want to spend all of our time with. We're juggling the van getting what needs to be done finished before we have to leave to drive to Colorado for this job. So yeah. it was like juggling all those things. And but you know what? I'm here to say it actually somehow worked out. <laughs> and you know what? Up to this point, that has always been the case and sometimes it infuriates me because i don't <laughs> you like want it to not work out no. finally to like justify your worries fear, and anxieties yeah. yes i mean it's like i knew I, I was justified in worrying about that issue that yeah. we were gonna not figure it out like obviously no i don't want that to happen <laughs> but yes there is a part of me that's like i like then it just kind of it can turn into like a self um like a downward spiral of like you know, why do you get so anxious and why do you yeah. worry so much? It's always worked out. Look, this time it worked out. Like I can list on my hand all the times it's worked out. But yes, there is, I think, always going to be still anxiety and worry around that. But I think I'm just, I, I do, I do can tell that I'm able to just handle it better and have an underlying um, thread of it's going to work out. It yeah. has here, it has here, it has here. But that does not cancel any worries or anxieties really for me, but it just, it brings more calmness yeah. in the midst of the worry and anxiety. Mm -hmm. How, I don't know. How would you say you've like grown in that aspect? Uh, I can, I think I still kind of feel the same way. Like when we were dealing with these issues in Sedona, I'm like, it did at first it like didn't seem like a major issue especially when we thought it was something we had dealt with before and i'm like you know what you know you were saying it felt yeah. good like we've handled this exact mm. issue exact before issue. We, yeah, exact yes. issue the exact code we were getting exact symptoms mm -hmm. we kind of we thought we knew what was going on when they couldn't figure that out um that's when i yeah when i really mm -hmm. felt helpless and yeah. i think that's just overall when we have issues with the uh, the engine of the van or mechanical stuff with the van. It's just, it is helpless. It's out of, I, literally all we have in here is now a hatchet and a screwdriver. Like I can't do shit with that in terms <laughs> of van mechanics and nor do I need to be trying to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't want you I, to be yeah, trying to get in there. I think I, kinda, <laughs> you know, when I, I remember when we moved into the van, um, I was kind of like wanting to like get into like simple fixes and like learn parts of the engine. And well, like, we learned how to change the oil. We did learn how to change oil though. Never completed it fully ourselves because we didn't have the right tools. There was just, you know, when you start looking into, especially diesel uh, engine mechanics, there's it's it gets complicated, and, and you need a lot of tools, a lot of resources, well, and, and like you said, a lot with, of time. With our van, even like people who are diesel mechanics, we've seen them when they open up the hood and they look at it, they're like, "Whoa, this is yeah. different." So, like even people who are experts in that field, are I mean, I've heard our mechanic in Buena Vista say, like, I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but some system in there is like totally installed backwards like he's yeah, like, like reverse of what the normal diesel engine system is like are. usually this is run clockwise but yours is like counterclockwise yeah. and like yes so i don't i don't yeah 
overall it just feels like and it's kind of like the only thing um i feel like almost in life now where it's like okay we are absolutely helpless we need someone else to help us Mm -hmm. who like who can we find to help us and that answer has always presented itself in some way or another and we've and we've met some great people through it so it it is like you got to balance I still have to find a balance between like yeah when those issues happen there is just like that sinking feeling in my stomach of like oh what if it doesn't all work out but it is kind of like we've always figured it out there's there's you just gotta get creative with issues or creative with solutions and you gotta be able to ask for help which is a really hard thing and be able to be turned down by people being like you know the first few calls i made i'm like hey we're having this issue and this issue and this is our van model and they're like well we can't get you in until you know second week of june i'm like that is absolutely no help to me i'm gonna be way out of arizona mm-hmm. by then and so then i got a call again they're like well we don't work on sprinter vans i'm like i need someone to help me like this is way out of my control and it just the universe has our back yeah that's what it's felt like yeah and i think too um we've talked about this before being open to creative solutions. Like I still think in the future, like there might, I'm sure there will be times where it doesn't feel like it's working out. You know, like we've Mm -hmm. always said, it's always worked out up to this point. I'm sure in the future, there's going to be a time or times where it does not feel like it's working out. Well, that's what it felt like the first day we took it to Sedona and they yeah. left us with like, you're going to have to take it to a dealership that mm-hmm. whole night evening when I'm like trying to hang out and enjoy friends. It's like, Oh, it didn't work out. Remember like, we got back to the Airbnb and they were like, so like, what's the thing on the van? And I just like looked at them and I said, we have to take it to the dealership. I don't want to talk about it. And I just like threw myself down on the couch and had my moment. Yeah. And then I went and took a bath and then I just came out and I was like, Hey, you know what? Tonight I'm just going to have friends. It's like, we don't have to drive it tonight yeah. so we can put that issue off until tomorrow. <laughs> like there's nothing we can do about it right now. And that's kind of, you just got to take it a step at a time. What can you do right now? What is the next step? And then I think that's part of what helps control my anxiety and worry or like I'm learning helps control it is like, okay. And like when, yes, when we are taking it to the shop or taking it wherever to get it looked at and taken care of, that's when I can focus on it. Like that's, Uh and if that focus involves worry and anxiety, okay, it's there. But like once we have gotten a diagnosis or have gotten no diagnosis and we leave like in that evening, there was nothing Mm -hmm we could do or plan like there's no one we could call everything was closed like there's literally nothing we could do at that time that's when you have to like pick that piece up set it aside be like i'll revisit that when it's time to mm-hmm. revisit that now but that's hard it is it. hard though because it wants to stay in the back of your mind or in the pit of your stomach to. it wants to but you can't let it it's hard it is hard so yeah, we dealt with that, but uh, we have made it to Montrose. So that that is kind of. But we uh, made it to Montrose, and like I said, the second time we took it in, he was able to figure out the few stuff. I mean, I. He figured out what was going on right now. There might be some long term things that we need. There's long term things in every <laughs> car, right? Like at this point, if if it's on the. But road. we drove here. We drove to Montrose from Sedona, which is a lot of miles, and. Santiago did great. I mean, how long is that drive total? I think it's eight. I mean, it's eight hours. Oh, we did it over two days ago. Stopped in Cortez, Colorado, visited a new national park. We did visit a new national park. So cool. So cool. Mesa Verde National Park. It's totally different than any national park we've been to. It's almost like the only national park that's, or I don't want to say the only, because there's a bunch of them out there, but it's one of the only national parks we've seen so far that actually isn't about the natural yes world in the sense of like it's not a landscape phenomena yes yes (laughs) this was all about kind of human history yeah it was very cool and i i don't know if you noticed this but there was like no signage for it i mean there was once you got on the road Uh that it's off of but like on the interstate you know it wasn't like mesa verde national park exit here or like I just feel like, you know, with the Grand Canyon, well, obviously Grand Canyon, that's Grand a huge Canyon, one. Grand Canyon, you'll probably, like, be coming from Maine, and it's like, get on this interstate for the Grand Canyon. <laughs> but, like, I mean, even one small, like, ones that are, I mean, like, Joshua Tree, or, like, Rocky Mountain, or Arches, like, I don't know, there's, like, signs everywhere, yeah. you know, miles and miles out telling you how to get there. With Mesa Verde, I did not see a sign for that park until, like I said, we were on the road that it's off of, and it literally was like, Mesa Verde National Park, one mile. One mile, yeah, until <laughs> we're a mile away from the entrance, yes. and you're like, oh, oh, like, we knew it was there. Yeah, we knew, but... But there's also nothing else in Cortez, Colorado, 
it probably borders uh, or you know rivals Montrose for the least exciting place in Colorado. <laughs> but I think I would give it to Cortez because they have the national park there. And so I just thought that was interesting because Deshvik, it was not, I don't know, but maybe they don't want, I don't know. Anyways, it was very different because yes, it's all about the ancient Pueblo community yeah. of people, of Native Americans who lived on this mesa. They like migrated there around 500 AD, lived mm-hmm. on this mesa until about 1300, and then they just bounced we learned a lot. We learned a lot. Look at you dropping. You're like a history teacher now. I learned so... It was actually really, really cool. But you get to see, like, they are they have remnants of their old homes that they built. And, I mean, use the term home very loosely. And you get to see how, the basically, house. the civilization developed. You get to see their pit houses, which were the first houses they built for themselves. Mm-hmm. Which are, I mean, it's, it's a pit. That's what it is. It's yeah. a pit in dirt. You get to see those. And then, eventually, they worked their way up to what they called these cliff dwellings. Mm-hmm. So, like, inside, on the mesa, there's, like, these cliffs, and they just started building houses, building buildings. dwellings, like, within the cliffs of the cliffs. Yes. <laughs> the cliffs of and the so cliffs. And so you get to see those. And so, basically, the whole National Park is just preserving all of their their um, civilization that they built, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, uh, I mean, and it is. It's, like, an ancient culture. And mm-hmm. it's not just, like, little, like, you know, a few bricks. It's like the cliff, the cliff dwellings. They called one place Cliff Palace. Yes. And it had like, I think I said over 150 different rooms mm-hmm. and chambers, and it is huge. And you can, yeah, you get to see it. You get to see it. And it's like that was that was so cool. Yeah, and I really liked what you said. They did have like, within the whole top of the mesa, they had kind of like the development of that mm-hmm. civilization, where it's like uh, the first stop you went to, it's like, okay, this is how they were living in 500 AD mm-hmm. when they were just living. They were basically digging pits in the ground and kind of putting like a low roof over it, and people would climb down through the roof uh-huh. um, to like, that's how they stayed warm and cool during the summers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, and then eventually we started seeing progress into like they were building one, they were starting to dig deeper pits, mm-hmm. and then they like added on the special room, and they started building like uh, multi-story like uh, storage rooms mm-hmm. above the ground for their village around this time and then eventually that kind of went out of style and they transitioned with some influences from other people into like these cliff dwellings yeah. where they were like safer from the wind and the weather mm-hmm. and like they could well it's uh, just so cool because you actually got to see these structures you got to see the yeah and it, houses. Looks fake. it looks like a little like I don't know. It was cool. It was very, very cool. I would highly recommend it. Yes, it was very different because it is all about just a civilization as opposed to this great natural phenomenon, like you yeah. said. But it was it was super cool. I would highly recommend it. Very cool. Another national park checked off. Yeah. But yeah, we did that on the way. And now here we are in Montrose. Here we are in Montrose. That, that caught us up. But here okay. we are. I did want to talk about this uh-huh. back to Sedona. I feel like a lot of we talked about in Sedona was like the van stuff, which yeah. that was a big thing. But how was it just being with friends in Sedona, friends you haven't seen in a long time? I mean, I feel like I don't even have to answer that question. It was just so good. You don't have to answer. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> you don't like, have to answer any questions. That's exactly right. Okay, so you're not going to answer. <laughs> I don't wow. have to answer any question. <laughs> I mean, it was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, mean, phenomenal. You're like, I you don't know if I've w- ever heard you <laughs> use that word. We've been like emotionally and just like, it's like my cup's been running over for so long <laughs> for that. It's just like I need to like, I need to finally like found the time to like drink off the top layer to like settle it again. <laughs> you know, it was just like, I love that. it was just like pouring over with all the good companionship and friendship and memories and moments and uh, laughs and conversations we had in Sedona. And I mean, people I've known for 25 plus years. That's crazy. Basically. And that I've been like close friends with yes. and like grew up with their families and, um, yeah, it's weird that that time's already come and gone. Like, we're already sitting on the tail end of it, like, podcasting about the last <laughs> week and all the different various, like, issues and, you know, axles of the van life we dealt with on the yeah. wheel. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was... But this is kind of the crazy thing. When it was still the best week of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, I think when we look back on, like, as we are now, we look back on that weekend or back on that time. I mean, now, 
since this is like a van life stories podcast, we're going to be real. We're going to be honest. We're going to talk about what van life is like in all situations. So that that's what the van life aspect was like during that weekend. That was the whole situation. Yeah. But I want to be like very, um, I want to make it clear that was like not our weekend. <laughs> no. You know, like that was the whole van life part of it. And like, yes, we just talked for a long time about it. And yeah, it was, it was a thing. It was something yeah. that was running through our heads and that we were dealing with. But that whole weekend was not really about that. Like we, no. that we. It took a, it took like two and a half hours out of one day and then like two hours out of the next day and some, you know, a few moments of anxious worries and thoughts mm-hmm. over the course of the night being trying to figure out like what's going to happen if like we can't get it mm-hmm. fixed and what dealership do we have to go to but other than that i mean yeah it's and that's kind of how been looking back on 11 months that's we've had issues like this before mm-hmm. even more serious issues or less serious mm-hmm. issues and still just feels like yeah i remember those times but i also remember all the times where we're paddle boarding on the water mm-hmm. and we're doing hikes in the but mountains see, yeah, that's of like colorado what, and that we're weekends... parked by the canyons and moab like it wasn't, it didn't just take us out of everything. No. At but all. It is something like when people, and I feel like we got a lot of questions this past week about, you know, van life and like, what are, what's the, what's your favorite part? And what's mm-hmm. the hardest part? Mm-hmm. And like, the hardest part is like right here. It's like trying to balance. <laughs> like, I know it's, you know, like you can compartmentalize it as much as you want, but it's still a thing where it's like, no, this is something, it's it's somewhere in my mind yeah. where it's like, hey, my check engine light's on. We got to make it to Montrose in three days. Yeah. And I have three days full of activities where I don't really, there's not a whole lot of time. There's like mm-hmm. very specific windows where if we can't find a way to get our issues worked out here, then it's going to be a bigger problem. But you can't let, like, it's not, when I remember this past week, honestly, in a few weeks, I'll probably just forget about that. Yeah. But that's what... It's also being real of like, no, these are the things like if you were in this life, you would be thinking about it too. (laughs) It's like you would be having to work out this issue too. It doesn't mean that like it ruins your day or ruins the week. Because it's totally different. And I would say like that there were people there who probably didn't even know any of that was going on. Oh yeah. They're probably like, everything seems like the dream life in the van. And we're (laughs) like, no, it was literally like shutting off on me on the way home from the Grand Canyon. (laughs) And I was pulling off on the highway to turn it off and turn it back on. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, you're just holding, holding both of those things. You're holding, oh, the van's literally like shutting off on us as we're driving. <laughs> and you're holding, oh my gosh, this is the best week of my life. I'm doing all the things with all my friends. <laughs> and I love it. And, <laughs> and this I is amazing. It. And I would have never had like this kind of access or opportunity without the van. You know, like we were literally able to park at yeah. the house and spend so much time with the people because of that access. And we were already close to sit down and we didn't mm-hmm. have to fly in. Like, mm-hmm. so it all, I mean, it all worked it's out. So weird. It's so weird. I don't weird. know. It, I don't know how to describe and it. And honestly, it's not going to stop. 11 months in, this is just going to be how it's going to be. You're going to, you got to figure it out. You got to figure out the here and the now. Yeah. And then move forward. Whether the here and the now is a van issue or whether it's hanging with friends or the dogs or yeah. whatever. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, do you have anything else for this episode of the Van Life Stories? No, those are some van life stories for yeah, sure. Those are some van life stories. Do you think you've recovered from that week? I think I I felt this morning actually the most awake when I first opened my eyes. You have been a little groggy in the mornings, oh. not groggy, but just like very slow. That's when you've up. been feeling your hangover the most, I think. Yeah, which is weird because and, and not alcoholic hangover, just like overall body tired, exhaustion, hangover mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, and I've been getting a lot of sleep. We've been going to bed you you know, been earlier. You've been going to sleep with me. This never happens. I have been going to sleep with you. Uh, <laughs> never happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm finally coming out of it. It was a very full week of experiences and fun and friends. And, and then also a little bit of, you know, mechanic work. No big deal. <laughs> NBD. Just another NBD. week in the life. <laughs> NBD. No, it was a good point. I liked how you said, like, though we've spent a lot of time talking about that on this episode, yeah, it was definitely the most minute part of my memories of the week. Yeah. But still something when we come and when we talk about van life stories and doing van life, when people are like, what is van life like? Mm-hmm. That is very much a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's trying to balance the fun things and the travel and the space, the spots you get to see with the issues that are out of your control and that mm-hmm. you're helpless on and mm-hmm. uh, that could affect stuff long term just could affect you know i don't know it's hard to it's it's just hard to project long term yeah you know what it's going to be like you kind of yeah. got to just take care 
of a day at a time. Yeah. And it's like, if you can kind of take care of two days at a time, well, that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time we settle and it's like, okay, we have to be here for three days. That feels really good. We don't have to yes. worry about anything else, but this little bubble of life. here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. Oh, okay. So before we close this episode, we cannot close this episode without giving a huge shout out to Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson Thank you so much for the hacky sack. Um, we have not used it yet, but <laughs> I can hack right now, bro. I'm, I'm look. Wait, where it's is up it? There. It's okay, up there. but we know where it is. I can see it through. Yes, I can see it, and we've got some great memories and times ahead with that. So thank you so much for bringing that all the way from um, Texas. Oh, that's a good shout out. I was literally just gonna be as like we were signing off, gonna be like, Ryan Johnson, thanks for the hacky sack. You and would. see if you listen you to the would. whole episode. <laughs> Ryan, are you still listening? Thanks for the hacky sack, bro. Thanks for the hacky sack. Love you. All right. All well, right. I guess that's the end of this one. Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to come and visit us, and hopefully the van won't be having any issues, let's do it. <laughs> but most likely it will be having issues. <laughs> no. And then you can get a really full taste, a really you know well-rounded view on what <laughs> living in the van looks like. You know what? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Who knows? Either way, we're going to have an awesome time because that's what always ends up happening. True debt. All right. Love you guys. Peace. Bye.